you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Let's uh, quickly rewind what did we learn so far in this series. We learned in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 that God is for us. Then we learned about the gift of the person of Jesus. It says God loved us and he gave us his son. And along with his son, he gave us all the other things. And we learned the mighty weapons of God that have been given along with the relationship of Jesus. And then we learned about disarming the enemy. Uh, not letting the condemnation that the enemy brings our way to have a permanent hold in our lives. Then we learned about experiencing victory in death, victory by dying uh, to ourselves and becoming one with the death of Jesus. We also studied about the resurrection, the power that resurrection uh, unleashes over our lives. We read all those in this portion of scripture in Romans chapter 8 verse 34 where it talks about the the death the resurrection of Jesus and the fact that he is right now seated at the right hand of God and after we studied about the right hand of God we also studied about the fact that he is right now seated at the right hand of the father and he's interceding for us he's pleading our case and we studied about the intercessor that jesus is and last week we uh, went to the next verse and we studied about the perfect bridge that his love is we read that scripture what can separate us from the love of christ does hunger, does nakedness, does uh, all these trials and challenges separate us? Does it have the power to divide us from our relationship with God? That's the question that we asked last time. And then we realized that perfect love, it casts out every fear. And fear is what divides relationships. But this perfect love that we have access to because of Jesus, that perfect love, it casts out every kind of fear. Now, we're going to continue to talk about tribulation and struggle and trial today as we meditate on the next verse in this series, uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 36. It says, As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now this scripture, it begins by saying, as it is written, which means this was written previously in the Old Testament. And as Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome, he is quoting something that was already written. You know, most of the temptations of Jesus, he overcame by speaking this term, as it is written, because it is written, as the Bible says, so I declare. And there is a lot of power in going back into the word of God and believing what God says about a particular situation and relying on it and using the principles and the power that is available for us in the written word of God. And Paul is referring to something that was written. So what we're going to do is we'll go back to that portion and we'll read the context and we will understand what Apostle Paul is saying. Because if we only read, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, that may not make perfect and all the sense in the world. So that is why we are going to go back and study the context and then come back to understand what is it that Apostle Paul is trying to speak to us. Right, let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 44 and verse 1. I don't know how many of you remember this, but at the beginning of this series, we read scriptures from Psalm 44, the initial few scriptures. Let's read on. It says, O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all that you did in their days, in days long ago. What did you do? You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed 
their enemies and set our ancestors free. Now, the psalmist, he's looking back. I think this is the sons of Korah who has written this psalm. And they are looking back into the time when God brought these guys out of Egypt. How God delivered them from Pharaoh and how God gave them victory over the nations that were already inhabiting uh, Canaan. And the Bible says that this was done by God because God was for us, because God was fighting for us on our behalf. That is why we experienced victory in the past. And it says they did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was in fact your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them for you loved them. This is the psalmist's confession. He's saying, no, 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 it was not the strength, the ability that we had or our forefathers had, our ancestors had that made sure that they are able to come out victorious from their battle. It was the ability that you have in your hand and in your face. Two things. It says the, your right hand and your uh, blinding, the blinding light from your face. That is what brought them victory. And it says because you loved them, you helped them. Verse 4, it says, you are my king and my God. You command victories for Israel. You command victories for Israel. Let me repeat that. You command victories for Israel. This morning, wherever you are, whatever season of life you are stuck in, the Lord is commanding victories for you. The Lord is commanding victories for your family. He doesn't have to even come and fight for you. He just has to speak a word. He has to release a word and that word is enough to heal you. That word is enough to bring ravens to your door. That word is enough to resurrect your dreams. That word is enough to turn your life around. That word is enough to bless your business. That word is enough to revive your marriage. That word that one word because he is commanding victories for Israel this morning wherever you are can you please believe this with me that we are not meant to be defeated we are not meant to be living a substandard life we are not meant to be living anything less than the fullest potential that God has planned for us and it says because you are my king and my God, you command victories for Israel. Verse 5, only by your power can we push back our enemies and only in your name can we trample our foes. Only by your power and only in your name. Verse 6, it says, I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. He is uh, being very honest about his life circumstances. He looks back and he says, in the past, this is how you led us, God. It was not our ability, it was your ability. And second, in my present, this is what I am going to do because you're my king and you're my Lord. You command victories for me. I'm not going to trust in my bow. I'm not going to count on my ability to make money. I'm not going to trust in my anointing and my wisdom and my strength in this season. I'm going to trust in you. Only by your power am I going to be able to push back all my enemies and I'm going to be able to trample in your name. I'm going to trample all my foes. Verse 7, it says, you are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgust grace those who hate us oh god we give glory to you all the day long and constantly praise your name now he's he's so joyful about his present how god is helping him experience victory in his present now the next portion of this psalm is written in a different season now, the next portion of the psalm is written in a season where, you know, Apostle Paul is able to make sense and is able to connect it to Romans chapter 8. Now, let's read the next portion of this psalm. It says in verse 9, But now you have tossed us aside in dishonor. 
you no longer lead our armies in battle wait a minute god aren't you supposed to be a provider aren't you supposed to be a protector aren't you supposed to be a defender why are you not going ahead of us in battle why are you not protecting our armies you in fact you have tossed us aside in dishonor verse 10 it says you make us retreat from our enemies and allow those who hate us to plunder our land wow can it happen that god at sometimes would allow you to retreat from your enemies are there things in your life that you will not have dominion over you know these are questions to ask this morning verse 11 he says you have butchered us like sheep and scattered us among the nations wait a minute i'm not talking about my enemies here i'm talking about you you have done this to us you have scattered us in fact the psalmist is not necessarily talking about god sending angels from heaven to kill everybody and butcher them and to scatter them the psalmist is talking about physical enemies that he was faced with and these physical enemies caused these guys to be scattered the pastor preached at the beginning of the year that this is going to be a year of gathering and still there is scattering all over and and the enemy is causing the church and the people of god to be scattered and these guys are singing this song and saying god you have allowed this unless you would allow this this cannot happen in our life so directly or indirectly you are responsible god for everything that happens in my life that's what the psalmist is saying he's saying you have butchered us like sheep and scattered us among the nations and then he says lord you sold your precious people for a pittance making nothing on the sale and he says you let our mo- neighbors mock us we are an object of scorn and derision to those around us you have made us the butt of all their jokes they shake their heads at us in scorn verse 15 it says we can't escape the constant humiliation shame is written across our faces and says in verse 16 all we hear are the taunts of our mockers and all we see are our vengeful enemies now look at this look at this these guys are going through this crazy terrible season in life now any religious person who reads from verse um, 9 onwards till verse 16 verse 9 is where he used the word but now o oh lord this is what is happening and all the way till verse 16 where he is talking about all the things going crazy how god has handed them over to their enemies how god has crushed them and and scattered them and all those things any logical religious person that reads this will say these guys are living in sin these guys have disobeyed god and that's why god is punishing them now these guys have done something extremely terrible they would have broken their covenant with god or they would have done something that is uh, completely against the person of god and that is why look at how god is humiliating them but if you read the rest of the psalm you would see that that's not the story let's read on it says in verse 17 All this has happened though we have not forgotten you we have not violated your covenant the psalmist is very clear this is not a season in life where we have uh, disobeyed you or forgotten you we have not violated your covenant in our lives it says in verse 18 our hearts have not deserted you we have not strayed from your path in other words these guys have been tithing these guys have been praying these guys have been worshiping these guys have been reading their bible obeying everything it says they have not strayed from the paths of god they have done everything right and are still suffering at the 
hand of their enemies. Can it happen, church? Can it happen that we can have all the principles and everything in the right place and yet somehow we don't see our physical circumstances line up? We don't see our physical circumstances in alignment to the spiritual identity that we have as more than conquerors. Is it possible that we can be experiencing something like this? Verse 19, yet you have crushed us. He's, he's heartbroken. He says, yet you have crushed us in the jackal's desert home. You have in fact covered us with darkness and with death. Verse 20, if we had forgotten the name of our God or spread our hands in prayer to foreign gods, God would surely have known it. For he knows the secrets of every heart. But, 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 but for your sake. This is where we come to the scripture that Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8. It says, but for your sake, we are killed every day and we are being slaughtered like sheep. This is what Apostle Paul was referring to. He was not talking about those that are disciplined or are punished because they have done something bad or wrong. He was not talking about those that are uh, being persecuted for their own faults. He is specifically talking about people of God that are being persecuted, that are being hurt with the permission of God. And if you read the, the text in Psalms 44, you would see that God is the one who has allowed this to happen. God is the one who gave them up. And it says, it's for your sake. It is not for my sake. All the persecution, all the trials, all the challenges that I have to experience in this life, it is not so that I can experience more blessings. It is all for your sake. It is for your sake that we are being killed every day and we are being slaughtered like sheep. And in fact, the psalmist goes on to say in the previous text that, hey, you, you allowed this to happen, God. You made us go into this slaughterhouse. You made us go through these painful situations for your sake. If it was not for your sake, we would not have to experience anything like this. Now, let me tell you this. If you want to live for Jesus, your life is not going to be easy. And I'm not talking about the blessings that God has in store for you. I'm talking about the challenges that you will face to actually fulfill the call and the purposes of God for your life. You are going to be in a battlefield day in and day out. You are going to face attacks of the enemy in different fronts. In fact, you may feel like the psalmist saying, it's for your sake that we are being killed every day. You know, it's not talking about the same person being killed in the Sam. It's talking about different people being killed. And, you know, and several times it can happen with us that we come to church, we are revived, encouraged, strengthened. And on Tuesday morning, something happens that will discourage you totally. And then you feel like, man, there's no point in life and there's no point in serving God. And there's no point in all these confessions and there's no point in the scripture. And we may feel like that. And Apostle Paul is writing in a season like that. And He's talking about hunger, nakedness, challenges, trials, all these problems that he is facing. And he's saying, can all of these things separate us from God's love? No, it's not possible. But as it is written, it is for your sake. It is not for my sake. It is for your sake. I'm doing this. I'm going through this for your sake, God. I'm experiencing these challenges to glorify and honor your name. Jesus said it like this, you know, he, he was very explicit in his instructions to his disciples. Let's read this. This is Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. He said, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. He didn't say, he didn't say, I'm going to protect you. He didn't say, I'm going to make your life easy. He said, no, 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 I'm sending you out. If you want to follow me, your life is going to become really, really hard henceforth. Because one, you have to take your own cross and follow me. Second, I am going to send you out. 
You're not going to be in the sheep fold, in the sheep pen the whole time, just enjoying good fellowship and singing the right songs and the right pitch and hearing great sermons all the time. That is not your life. Your life will come to a place where you will have to leave the sheep pen and then I'm going to send you out as sheep among wolves. You know, something about sheep among wolves is that one, these guys, we know that if they are being sent among the wolves, they are going to be slaughtered. They are going to be killed. They, they, this is it. This, the, the, this is all that the wolves were looking for. It's one thing to have wolves come into your house and attack a sheep in your house. You have protection there. But here Jesus says, me being the good shepherd that I am, I am going to send you as sheep as food for these wolves. You know, see, there is a different perspective also, which is the fact that these sheep would in fact become the food for these wolves, will be tasty, good, enjoyable meat for these wolves. And the Lord is looking at the church today and he's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to send you as sheep among the wolves. I'm going to send you out into the world. And in the world are people, in the world are spirits, in the world there are going to be temptations, in the world there are going to be challenges, in the world there are going to be trials, in the world people are going to misunderstand you, everybody is going to treat you differently, and you will be like sheep among wolves. God doesn't want you to pretend like a wolf among wolves. God doesn't want you to try and hide your real identity. God wants you to be as tasty and as delicious as possible in the company of wolves. God doesn't want you to pretend that you are one of them. God wants you to be you and God wants you to experience what it says in the scripture. For your sake, O God. I am being killed all day long. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And he says, so this is my instruction to you, my disciples. He says, so this is what I want you to do. So be as shrewd or wise as snakes and be as harmless and as innocent as doves. There are three animals, four animals, in fact, that are mentioned in this scripture. One, sheep. Second, wolves. Third, snakes. Fourth, doves. Now, the Bible says, the church, you and I, God is sending us as sheep among wolves. But when we go among them and when we are being persecuted, when we are being pounced upon and when we are being attacked, this is the two things that we need to have in that season of life. We need to have the wisdom to approach every situation. We need to have the shrewdness to respond to our situation. We need to have the willingness to understand. You know, at one point Jesus told them, hey guys, if you're being persecuted, don't stay there. Get up and flee to the next town. Don't say, okay, I'm going to die as a martyr in this one place. No, 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 Jesus told them, if you're being persecuted in one town, get up and flee to the next. He was not telling them to be foolish. He was telling them, hey, you need to be shrewd as a serpent and yet you need to be as harmless as innocent and as gentle as possible like doves it's necessary that we heed to this instruction that jesus is giving us in this season he doesn't want us to behave like wolves he doesn't even want us to be dumb like sheep he wants us to have the shrewdness of snakes, especially when we are being sent out into, uh, you know, difficult, challenging situations in life. And you may think that we are only talking about those categories of people or those categories of problems that come as a result of you uh, preaching the gospel in some unknown country where they reject the gospel. No, I'm talking about a, a daily basis, uh, the way that you live your life, how you want to live for Jesus, how people look down on it, how your circumstances don't allow you to do it. The fact that you want to spend the beginning of your day praying, but you get 
get a phone call from your office right at the start of the day and in that that phone call causes you to lose your focus on God and and to focus on your work you know you're almost you know going into the den of wolves every day when you go to work you know these guys out there they enjoy you they want the best of what you carry they want the grace of god upon your life they want the prosperity upon your life and yet you know that some of them are wolves they are going to just enjoy you and they're going to discard the bones but that's okay jesus said when you do that when you go into the places like this you have to have the wisdom of god and you need to be willing to be harmless not to resist you have to be like sheep that are being led to slaughter you know sheep when they are being led to slaughter the the sight is that they do know they do know that they are being led to slaughter but they willingly comply you know if you if you study the hormones if you study how their body reacts it's very obvious that they know that they are going into danger and yet they go willingly and the best example in the bible is the example of jesus how he was led to calvary he carried his own cross the cross on which he would be crucified and he allowed the people around him to lead him to that place where he will be crucified on that same cross i pray that in this season you and i will be willing to heed to the call of god upon our life that we will be innocent yet wise that's the title for today's sermon that god has called us to live innocent lives and yet walk in great amount of wisdom and that is how we can be more than conquerors more than conquerors is not about us seeing our physical circumstances change our physical circumstances may or may not change it doesn't matter in fact as we draw closer to the last days the persecutions are only going to become more and more evident it's only going to become more and more prevalent and it's necessary that even in those seasons of life that we learn to be innocent and yet wise be pure be holy be be as consistent as possible and yet be as shrewd and as purposeful and as driven as ever and and the bible calls us to be like sheep that are being sent among wolves jesus said it like this verse 17 beware you will be handed over to the courts and you will be flogged with whips in the synagogues you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers but this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and the un- other unbelievers about me he says that because you are going to be led as sheep that are going to slaughter you will get an opportunity to talk about me you will get a place you will get a, a platform you will be invited and you will be asked for answers you they will ask you they will throw questions at you that you don't have answers for but that will be your opportunity to talk about me he says when you are arrested don't worry about how to respond or what to say god will give you the right words at the right time and i declare that over some of you right now you may be in this season where you are faced with challenges in your marriage because of your stand for the lord you may be faced with challenges in your business because you want to honor god you may be faced with challenges at your workplace because you want to be ethical in the way that you do your work and whatever it may be if you don't know what to say rely on the lord his wisdom is available for you at the right time he will give you the right words to speak and it says for it is not you who will be speaking it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you are you ready for this to manifest in your life in the next one week wherever you are tuning in from believe this that this entire week you will 
be faced with when you're faced with challenging situations that you will not have to defend yourself you will not have to fight for yourself in fact it will be the spirit the spirit of your father who will be speaking through you who will take control of your situations who will who will allow you to have the right response innocent and yet wise innocent and yet wise innocent and yet wise that is how god wants us to live among the wolves of this world verse 21 it says a brother will betray his brother to death a father will betray his own child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed betrayal and rebellion is going to be part and partial of the challenges that we face in this season don't be sad if somebody that you've fed and taken care of and and loved with everything they turn their backs against you don't be sad instead be harmless as doves and be as shrewd as serpents that's what the lord is asking us to do there are going to be betrayals there are going to be rebellions rebellions you know it's not just physical rebellion spiritual rebellion different kinds of rebellion can happen in your house in your church in your ministry it's okay this is part and partial it says the next verse verse 22 it says all nations will hate you because you are my followers see if you want to really truly live for jesus and you have no opposition then i truly doubt who you live for it's not possible that you can completely totally want to live for the lord and your life is an absolute piece of cake it's not possible the holy spirit will help you he will give you the grace to do all the things correctly and in the right time and yet the bible says that all nations will end up hating you will end up wanting enmity with you because you are his followers and it says but everyone who endures to the end will be saved i like this next portion of scripture 24 and 25 it says students are not greater than their teacher and slaves are not greater than their master students are to be like their teacher and slaves are to be like their master and since i the master of the household who is speaking here this is jesus who is speaking and he is pointing to himself and he says hey hey wait a minute you, you are students and i am the master you are students and i am the teacher you are slaves and i am the master now if students are supposed to be treated the same way the master is treated look at this if i the master of the household have been called the prince of demons the members of the household will be called by even worse names so when people call you all kinds of names don't be sad because they they call jesus a demoniac they call jesus a drunkard and a glutton they call jesus a friend of sinners how much more worse names will they give you and me today and it's necessary that we do not allow all these pressures that these wolves throw at us to try and become one like them we do not have to confine we do not have to be you know wearing wolves clothing and trying to pretend ourselves no it's okay it's okay to let them hurt us it's okay to let them look down on us it's okay for the world to treat us like we are their food because that's what jesus intended us to be food for the wolves sheep among the wolves innocent and yet wise the bible says Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs Now now again let me say this this is not talking about those who are being persecuted for being wrong If you are not paying your credit card bills for whatever reason you've had no uh, control over your spending and you're doing whatever you want without praying without asking the lord and you're not able to pay your bills and you're being taken to court for your credit card bill then don't say that you're being persecuted for doing right that's absolutely wrong you should have sought some godly wisdom and advice to get help but this is speaking about those that did not violate their covenant 
like we read in Psalm 44. This group of people who did not forget the name of their Lord, their God. They did everything possible to walk in his path, to obey him, to do what God had asked them to do. And yet they are being persecuted. And it says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing the right thing. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let me tell you, this season, the kingdom of heaven is going to manifest in your life. If you are facing different types of persecution, struggle, challenges, because of your belief in Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is going to open up over your life. It says in verse 11, God blesses you when people mock and persecute you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil things against you because you are my followers. This is what you got to do. It says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. He's giving us three instructions in this place. He says, be happy about it. Be very glad. And he says, and remember the ancient prophets. Be happy about it. Be very glad. And remember the ancient prophets. If you go into the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you will find the names of all these prophets in the Bible that have been listed there, all the way from Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses, all these guys being listed there. And I want to read a couple of scriptures from there. Verse 32, it says, How much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the fate of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and all the prophets by faith. What did they do? These people, they overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and they received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. I'm sure it's talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And it says, and they escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weaknesses were turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put entire armies to flight. You remember that this is the kind of people that we heard of in the first portion of Psalm 44, where God was fighting for us, where God was helping us, where God was fighting with our armies and God was the one who was giving us victories, external and internal, right? But then let's read the next portion. It says in verse 35, woman received their loved ones back from death but read this out okay there's the same but that we see in psalm 44 and verse 9 it says but others they were tortured refusing to turn from god in order to be set free they placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection wait a minute what's wrong with these guys you know, did they not have enough faith like Gideon, Jephthah uh, and Samson and all these other guys who overthrew kingdoms and quenched the flames and shut the mouth of lions? Did they have any less faith? No, it is the same faith that these guys had to shut the mouth of lions that, that the second category of people had to go through crazy amount of torture. And it says these others, by that same faith, they were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. There is going to come a better life after the resurrection. We're going to read that scripture in a while. And it says, some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. It says, verse 38, they were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. It says they were just too good for this world. What are we talking about? We are talking about men and women of God who had faith, 
who did walk with God, who kept the covenant, who stayed in the right path, who honored God. And because they were followers of God, because they did not turn their back away from God, they got tortured, they got hurt. And they went through all this with the same faith that Samson and Jephthah and, and Gideon and all these guys overthrew kingdoms with. With the same faith, they experienced these movements when these wolves will, will pounce upon these sheep. They, they went through this torture where they were mocked at, where they were persecuted. And, and sometimes they were betrayed. They had rebellion even in their own houses like Jesus predicted. And, and the Bible says they were too good for this world. And they placed their hope in a better life after resurrection. Now what am I talking to you? I'm telling you that in life, you and I have to understand that there are going to be challenges. There are going to be situations where when you want to stand up for the Lord, there are going to be things that are not going to be enough or there are going to be things that are not going to be perfect. If you are willing to compromise, the devil is out there to bless you. If you will just bow down to him, he will give you all the riches of the world. But if you are willing to stand up for the Lord, he is going to come at you with everything that he's got. And sometimes it's the Lord himself who has allowed you to be treated like that because he knows that when these wolves are done with you, they are going to be fed they are going to enjoy this meal. They are going to enjoy the goodness of God upon your life. And because of what you spoke, because of your testimony in the midst of that trial, because of your happiness, because of the wisdom that you exercised, because you lived as innocent doves in spite of all the opposition that you were faced with, there will be somebody who can be touched by the love of God. And that is our hope, friend. That is our desire. You know, if we will also behave like these wolves, saying, hey, we, we have to hurt them back, we have to take these guys down, hey, it's, it's, that's not the life that God has called us to. And sometimes, yes, Jesus did tell us, you know, in, in his wisdom, Jesus did tell us, hey, if, you're, if somebody doesn't receive you, you know, dust off your sandals and walk away. That city, it'll be worse for them at the judgment day as compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. There's great power in and authority in your words and what you speak. And as you're led by the Lord, you're, it's, it's perfectly okay. You know, in fact, the disciples in the book of Acts, when they were mistreated, when they were persecuted in some places, that's exactly what they did. They would get up from that place, they would dust their sandals off and they would walk off. And, and dusting their sandals off was a sign of judgment, was a sign of allowing that city to go under the hand of God and that's perfectly understandable and yet the Lord says that sometimes I'm going to allow you to be their food. Sometimes you have to walk in wisdom and you will escape the struggle. Sometimes you have to walk in wisdom and you have to dust your feet off and walk away. Sometimes you have to walk in wisdom and you have to you know just flee to the next city but other times he's going to allow you to be like a like a harmless dove that is going to be the biryani on somebody else's table. Now I know that this sounds hard for some of us, but let me tell you the reward that is kept for us on the other end. If we are willing to let the Lord do his work through us, if we are willing to let ourselves be led as sheep for slaughter, the reward on the other side, the more than conquerors that he has prepared us to be. Man, I'm telling you, it is totally, totally worth it. You know, as conquerors, he wants us to reign. As conquerors, he wants us to rule. As conquerors, he wants us to have authority and dominion over every sphere of society. Now, some of it may not be realized on this side of eternity. Some of it we may not see with our physical eyes on this side of eternity. But on the other side, we will get to see it. Let me read a scripture. It says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. You remember that in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it said they, they put their hope in a better life after resurrection. I'll read you that better life after resurrection. It says, then I saw thrones. 
This is Apostle John writing about it. And he says, I saw thrones. Now, in the previous text, you'd see him talking about one throne in which, you know, God is seated. And then he says, but now I saw multiple thrones. And he says, I saw thrones and the people that are sitting on them had been given the authority to judge these are the people. There were people that were seated on these thrones. Okay. And the people that were seated on these thrones, they were given the authority to judge. Let's study who these people are. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. It says they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came, they all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And it's talking about those that were beheaded, those that gave up their lives to be a testimony, to proclaim the word of God. Now, I'm telling you, many of us may not get the opportunity or the privilege to die for Jesus. Yet, Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, Why don't you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice? Why don't you lay yourself down on the altar and live a beheaded lifestyle where you're not thinking for yourself? Let God do all the thinking for you. Let God drive your life. Let God take you into places that are dangerous, that are not comfortable for you, where you will be like sheep among wolves. I know that you may not have the physical courage to walk into the wolf's den, but the Lord says, I am going to enable you. I'm going to give you the strength to go and witness to people that are completely against Christianity, that is completely against Jesus. I'm going to give you the strength to endure all the insults that they throw at you. I'm going to give you the grace to be glad and to celebrate it when people talk down on you, when people persecute you, when people throw stones at you, and when people try to hurt you, not just physically, but even emotionally, when they try to hurt your family, when they try to turn your finances against you, your business against you, your careers against you. The Lord says, I'm going to give you the grace because on the other side of eternity, you are going to be one of those that are going to be sitting on thrones with me and you're going to be reigning and ruling with me and you're going to have authority to reign and rule. So it's not just about what we get to see and experience on this side of eternity. Has God got great plans for us on this side of eternity? Absolutely, yes. And still, I'm telling you, things are going to get worse for us out in the open. We are going to come to a place where all nations will hate us because we are followers of Jesus. We're going to come to a place where videos like this will not be allowed on YouTube anymore. We're going to come to a place where we cannot talk like this in public about Jesus. We're going to come to a world where we will be hated. And that is why Jesus said, I'm going to send you as sheep among the wolves. So be innocent and still wise. Be innocent and yet wise. The writer of Revelation, John, he goes on to say, he says, This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. And he says, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. That is our story. That is going to be our story. You and I, we're going to reign with Jesus. If we suffer with him, Paul said in Romans 8, earlier in Romans 8, he says, if we suffer with him, we will also reign with him. If we are willing to be his representatives here on earth, then he will acknowledge us before his father in heaven and we will rule and reign with him. I know that this word comes as a surprise for some of you that if you have been thinking that no, we will not go through any struggles, we will not have to be persecuted, tried and go through all of this. No, that's not God's will for us. God's will for you is not that you should be hurt. 
but God's will for the church is for the church to be as sheep among wolves, innocent and yet wise. Can you pray with me? Right now, wherever you are, just forget everything else and just pray with me and say, Lord, this season that is ahead of me, I want to have the grace to live pure and innocent life as pure as a dove, as innocent as dove, as harmless as a dove. When somebody hurts me, I'm not going to hurt them back. When somebody hurts me, I'm going to bless them. When somebody hurts me, I'm going to instead pray for them. I'm going to pray that the Lord's hand will bless them. That's what Jesus asked me to do. And Lord, I'm going to pray and I, I'm going to declare the voice of God. I'm going to declare the heart of God for these people that are trying to hurt me. And even in difficult, challenging circumstances, when I'm faced with challenging circumstances, where I have to face death, I will still know and remember that nothing can separate me from Jesus. It can try and separate me from my friends, from my family, from my church, but nobody can separate me from Jesus and we may be like sheep taken for slaughter we may be killed all day long and we are absolutely okay with how the world views us because all that we care about in this season is how we can be a pleasing aroma to Jesus how we can obey the voice of Jesus because Jesus said that I am sending you as sheep among wolves innocent and yet wise. I pray, Father, that as a family, that you will strengthen us. We know that days of great tribulation and persecution are going to come our way in the days ahead of us. I pray that as a church, we will be prepared. We will be prepared to say no to temptations. We will be prepared to say no to compromise. We will be prepared to say no to a substandard lifestyle. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because right now, right now, right now, you're releasing courage in the hearts of your children boldness in the hearts of your children every person that has been shy of talking about Jesus you're receiving divine courage as the Holy Spirit comes upon you you're receiving divine strength and capacity to face your wolves in this season right now Lord as we rely and as we wait on you as we depend on you Lord we thank you for your divine strength that is being released upon us Oh God, we love you so much. Oh Master, we adore you so much. Oh, we wait on you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, as a sign that this word is from you, I pray that you will follow this word up with signs and wonders. That there shall be an outbreak of healings and miracles in the homes of your children. Lord, wherever they are experiencing challenges and struggles, I pray right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, there shall be a total breakthrough in their spirit. There shall be a total breakthrough in their soul and there shall be a total breakthrough in their bodies and let it overflow into their finances. Let it overflow into their marriages. Let it overflow into their churches. In Jesus name, may that spirit of victory take over your children. Yes, we may be surrounded by all these trials and challenges, but we will still be more than conquerors. In of all of this within all of this within the framework of all the attacks of the enemy against me I will still be more than a conqueror thank you Holy Spirit for that is our calling and that is our identity we refuse to be anything but what you have called us to be God we will be innocent and yet we will be wise in this season we thank you for speaking to us in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.